Dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. Now they control your life, control your life. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 817 Podcast, where we talk news, politics, culture, everything in the city of Fort Worth and Tarrant County. Today, we have an interview with Mr. Robert Stearns. He's been on the podcast before. It's been a while. We were trying to remember how long it's been, but he was like an OG of coming on the podcast for us. But he is the Director of Economic Development for the city of Fort Worth. So when we're talking small business, corporate relocation, anything that has to do with economic development, him and his team are the group behind that. Uh, so this is a great interview. We really enjoyed having him on again, and we hope you'll enjoy it. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with an introduction, like what okay. have, what you've been up to since we last <laughs> went on here. Let's imagine it was two years ago, uh, sure. post, post-pandemic, Robert. What's that look like? <laughs> uh, and then we'll ask you questions. All right, well, post-pandemic, Robert is still trying to get the weight off that he gained during the pandemic. That's the uh, first thing you got to deal with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I guess the last time we talked, I, I think we had either just finished up the the – CARES Act funding program, mm-hmm. or we were still in the right in the middle of it. But, you know, so that was really, uh, you know, our, our big shift uh, as a result of the pandemic and really uh, trying to support and help our small businesses. And so really spent 2020 and then uh, 2021, you had all the compliance tied to that. So, you know, that was really taking up the a huge amount of our time. And it was very worthwhile. I mean, uh, I, I think, Fort Worth probably fared a little better than than a lot of other cities. Uh, I still hear, you know, communities that are just now at this point, just starting to really get out of, you know, full on mass mandates and everything. And so it was it was a very interesting time for us. Um, and, you know, we so as, as a result of that, you know, coming out of the pandemic and kind of how the world had changed since then, we, you know, we had another refresh of our strategic plan. Uh, really had tip strategies come in and just, just talk to us and, and really research one, what had changed? I mean, we'd, we'd gone through a lot the past few years from the pandemic to racial unrest and focus on DEI. And, you know, what are the things that Fort Worth needed to be doing um, over the next next few years? Because I, I don't know that the the plan that we had was necessarily reflective of what was going on in the community uh and and in the business world at that time so that was we, we had them come in um and they, they took a little bit more of a streamlined approach so you know our original plan was 500 plus pages this was significantly smaller uh more concise and and really uh and that was kind of at our request i really wanted them to kind of drill down on uh you know the, those specific things that we need to begin to addressing. So, you know, let's not spend as much time on, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the research and stuff that had already been done. Let's just really kind of focus on what it, what had changed since then. Uh, and so that resulted in kind of a couple of things. One, we we refined our uh, our target industries, uh, and so we we kind of narrowed those down into mobility, aerospace and defense, energy. Uh, culture, which is really kind of a broad mix of, of uh, arts and entertainment and tourism, which we really partner with Visit Fort Worth on. Uh, and then Anchors and Innovators, which is really our, our kind of corporate headquarter uh, piece of it. 
Uh, and then since then, we've really been working towards uh, implementing those strategies. And and I'll be honest with you, a lot of a lot of our immediate focus has been on the the revitalization piece uh, and the small business piece. And and that's uh, really I think reflective of. And I, I may have said this when we talked last time. You know, I think the economic development profession uh, coming out of the pandemic had a real shift. You know, everyone prior to that was yeah, corporate recruitment, corporate recruitment all the time. That's what we're going after. Uh, and then, then we, we had this pandemic hit and we're like, well, wait a minute, we don't have, we don't have programs set up for our small businesses. We don't have these things in place that can ensure that, you know, we can keep and retain the businesses that we have. And, and I, I heard that from, you know, economic development folks across the country, you know, uh, and so that's that's really where we we really begin to drill down on okay what are we doing you know now that we've had this this grant program to help sustain our small businesses and kind of get them through the pandemic what what else you know what else do we do with them uh, and so that's been a focus and then obviously the the revitalization uh, efforts which uh, you know black and brown businesses were hit uh, disproportionately due to the pandemic uh, we still had neighborhoods that hasn't haven't had investment uh, even before the pandemic. And so uh, we, we launched this new strategy called uh, Full Strength Fort Worth, uh, which is really on the basis of clear statement that, you know, Fort Worth can only be as strong uh, as its neighborhoods and its communities. And, and if we don't have our neighborhoods being invested in, we're not reaching our full potential as a city. Um, and so that's been a lot of our efforts. We launched the, the Main Street program. Uh, we did the uh, CDFI Fort Worth program, which we're doing with the Department of Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, we partnered with Techstars. We had a tech incubator going here. I think uh, they're going to be starting their first uh, first cohort next month. I believe it's in mm. September. They'll get that going. Um, and so really been trying to, and, and obviously that was helped by getting the ARPA dollars too as well. So, you know, we got that additional federal funding. And so how do we continue to drive some of those dollars into these programs? And so we were able to do the CDFI thing with ARPA, uh, the Techstars program with ARPA partnership with, with uh, the county on that as well. Uh, and so that's really been where a lot of our focus has been. And, and not to say that we're not still chasing corporate headquarters because we are doing that and we've had uh, a lot of interest uh, on, on, you know, what I would call some mega projects. You know, we went through the Rivian exercise and spent a significant amount of time going (laughs) after that project. And we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I I continue to watch the news on, on Rivian and it's, it's been interesting uh, what kind of uh, feedback I've been seeing uh, from Georgia about the plant and how that's impacting the community. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out uh, and whether, uh, that was a um, uh, a lost opportunity, or whether that was a blessing in disguise that they uh, decided to move on to another site. But but we've got a lot of a lot of uh, good projects uh, in the pipeline, and and you know we're going to keep pushing on that, and I think we'll we'll eventually land one of those. Yeah, I feel like there's a ton that we can start to unpack from that. Um, maybe we'll like start big and move smaller. Uh, yeah, I already wrote down like four questions. So whatever, whatever, whatever you got over there from what he said. So, uh, so you ended talking about corporate relocations, and I feel yeah. like that's you know the big, the bigger like flashy name brand type of thing. Right. So right. for people like us who are just see the news about it, get to read articles about it, like what's the behind the scenes? How does a corporate relocation work? Wow. Uh, you know, there's, there's really not a, a 
cookie cutter approach to corporate relocations. Um, you know, I would say the the majority of them are, are coming through site selectors uh, for the most part. Uh, and so they, they typically have an, an RFP process that they go through where, um, you know, communities will get a, a I mean, I just said Excel spreadsheet says, look, we're looking for sites that meet these criteria, mm. uh, submit your sites. And you've got like a really quick turnaround to get that done. Um, from that, they go, so they kind of collect all these, these uh, data points from all the communities that they're considering. Uh, and then they begin just, it's, it's a cut down. It's just, okay, that this community has a site, this one has, this one doesn't. And they go through that process and they whittle it down. And they'll usually go through about, you know, two or three down select type of uh, processes where they'll continue to refine what they're looking for. And, uh, you know, once they get down to, you know, a handful of sites, then they'll start conducting site visits. Uh, so they will come out to the communities, they'll meet with um, city, chamber, businesses, uh, local political leaders, uh, sometimes the governor's involved, uh, and, and just really kind of doing the initial pitch on uh, why why you should choose Fort Worth versus, versus some of the other sites. Um, and then, then they'll go through another, you know, down select process there, and then they'll narrow it down to maybe two or three sites. And then that's when it really starts getting um, pretty detailed uh, on both the infrastructure side uh, in case there are needs there, and then probably on, on the incentive side and then what that looks like. And then they begin comparing um, offers that they may have uh, from other communities uh, against what we're putting in play. And, and so that's that's really how it works. And uh, the site selectors have a pretty definitive time frame that they're working on. Uh, so it's it's not a process that, uh, well, I will say it, it, it totally doesn't drag out. I mean, it's they, they've got a, a pretty set schedule that they're mm -hmm. working on where, where you tend to see it play out and, and this kind of happened with, with Rivian is once they were kind of down to two sites, uh, then there was just like a lot of back and forth on, um, um, you know, different kind of questions we were trying to answer for them. And so that, that's when you're kind of getting into weekly meetings with the client uh, and, and that could go on for a couple of months until they finally uh, reach a decision point. So that's, that's the, what I would say, kind of the traditional way that the projects come in. Uh, the, the other way that you do it is, is really uh, where I think we've, when I've talked about this, Chambers talked about it, where we've been a little bit lacking is kind of the, the forward thinking, um, aggressive, we're going to, we're going to develop a list, a target list of 20 companies and we're going to go out and just talk to them uh, this year. And that's, that's a little bit harder because you're, you're, you're kind of cold calling on the company. You don't know if they're uh, interested in in moving, uh, you, you you do a lot of research on um, you know uh, different communities, who the headquarters are. You know, are they experiencing any issues? Are there workforce issues, talent issues? Is it is it a you know a corporate tax structure that's a little bit challenging that that Fort Worth and Texas could be better on? Uh, and so you're, you're kind of cold calling and and hoping that you can get in the door and make an argument for your community. And and, and even that process, it may be you, know, you may have a meeting and it may be months before uh, they say, yeah, you know, I, I really liked what that group said about Fort Worth. Let me uh, maybe I'll we'll take a team down there and we'll go visit and, and just uh, take a look around and see what we think. And, and if you got some interest there, then you start basically the same process. So it's really, you know, what are the entry points? Is it coming through a site selection process or is it coming through uh, our ability to go out and talk to a, a client 
uh, up front uh, and just sell the city on, on what we think the benefits are. So I, I, I kind of have the uh, Bloomberg on while I work. And I felt like yeah. Fort Worth was often in the Rivian deal, often seemed like the word being used. It's, it's, and I didn't, so I was wondering is like, was that to you all like, oh, that must mean something? Or was that more us having more of a proactive relationship with media to get excitement around Fort Worth? It seemed like there was a lot of Fort Worth in the news at the time as the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was, that was, partially intentional uh and then partially i think just you know once once the word got out that fort worth was on the short list then yeah you had a lot of uh media that were reaching out to us but yeah we we have intentionally uh over the past year been uh doing a lot of initiatives around the marketing standpoint uh connecting with media just to make sure they understand fort worth story uh, you know we we talked about it last time you know the, the original plan uh, back when the city was the 15th largest in the country and everyone thought we were something like 46th or something. So, <laughs> you know, across the country, people think we're this this small town. Uh, and, you know, we, we just said, look, we, we can't continue to let people think that we are just this sleepy suburb of Dallas. We, we've got to be proactive about that. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, when we brought Andrea Duffy on, who's my communication specialist. And, and she's really done a huge amount of work in just... Um, uh, laying the groundwork and reaching out to national media, talking about the story. So with Rivian, she was she was really kind of uh, laying some breadcrumbs out there for the for the national press to uh, to get their interest. Uh, and then uh, more recently, uh, we've engaged uh, Schaefer Advertising, uh, who's helping us doing a, a full on marketing campaign. So you've probably seen some uh, new branding efforts that we've got out there. Uh, we've got. Uh, if you're out at DFW Airport, you may see uh, you got some some signage out there uh, in the electronic billboards within uh, the terminals, uh, and a lot of stuff we've really sent out to uh, the the communities that we compete against, uh, or or where we see some interest, uh, where we're seeing interest from companies. So m- most of the advertising is really out in those outward markets. So you see, you'll see a little bit here in Fort Worth, but the majority of that's outward market, and that's just trying to raise our profile and uh, just elevate Fort Worth. Uh, so that's kind of part of that aggressive piece of let's let's get Fort Worth's name out there because at the end of the day, you you, you know you don't know when a CEO is, is sitting around the boardroom with his with his board of directors and saying, yeah, you know, I really, I don't really like this community anymore. This community has some challenges and I want to move. Well, if Fort Worth is top of mind, you know, if they, they saw an ad and said, yeah, I really like that. What Fort Worth is putting out there. I'm interested in seeing what that community has. That's, that's really when you can make those, those inroads with them. Uh, so it's, it, it's better that they have some knowledge of the community than us calling them out of the blue and saying, Hey, uh, we're, we're right next to Dallas. So you may have heard of Dallas. We're right next to them. And, and we really like you guys to come out and see us. So uh, I, I think it's been been pretty critical for us. Uh, and then the other piece of that, I, the, the third leg of the, the advertising stool is uh, we've been working with Visit Fort Worth uh, and a, a PR firm, Quinn PR. Uh, so you know, while Andrea's working with Schaefer on the branding and, and marketing exercise, kind of Quinn is working on the public relations piece. And so uh, they've been uh, very successful in getting the mayor out to talk about different things that are going on in Fort Worth. Uh, we just had a, a 
article in uh, Fast Company uh, that the mayor was doing mm-hmm. where she talked about the open space conservation program and how we're looking to utilize that as a, as a potential incentive lure for some companies who are focused on green initiatives and, and really interested in trying to uh, preserve that green space. So, that, so those are the types of things that uh, I, I think will lead to some real benefits for us. Yeah, talking about uh, Andrea and like the behind the scenes team, can you give us uh, insight into what the economic development department looks like uh, people wise? And then what are some of the things that y'all have been doing over the last couple of years to lay the groundwork for Fort Worth moving forward? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I, I've heard you guys talk about us every once in a while. We're still, <laughs> we're still a little mean and lean over here. Uh, so it, it's uh, really, it, it's a staff of seventeen, uh, and so we've got, um, you know, myself, my my assistant director Ori Fernandez. We've got Andrea doing the marketing. Uh, we have uh, Michael Hennig, who is our economic development manager, who's doing really the recruitment and revitalization aspects. Uh, Sheree Gordon, who just joined us, she's kind of focused on recruitment. Uh, Telemachus Evans and Martha Collins focused on revitalization. Uh, and then uh, we are uh, got Kelly Baggett, who does our innovation work, uh, hoping to add a position uh, next year, knock on wood, as we get through the budget process, uh, see if we can add one person to focus, uh, have a little bit more effort on our small business uh, development. Mm. Um, and um then we have our kind of compliance uh, research team uh, that, that works with us. So they're kind of doing a lot of the back office work with the TIFs and the PIDs uh, and all of that work, that tax increment financing and public improvement districts for those who don't get the acronym. So, <laughs> and, and so that's, that's really the group. Uh, so, you know, I think our, our success and our ability to move things forward uh, really relies on leveraging our partnerships. Right. So we still have, you know, if you compare us to uh, other cities of our size, uh, we're, we're still kind of very small in the in the staffing standpoint when it comes to you know comparing us to other communities. So uh, it's really leveraging the partnerships with our with our chambers, both the downtown chamber, the Black and Hispanic chamber, Visit Fort Worth, been an outstanding partner with us, uh, and then just our other partners within the city. I mean, uh, Christina Brooks with uh, Diversity mm-hmm. and Equity, I and mean, she's just been uh, outstanding in uh, working with us and on the CDFI program. And then Christina is the one. That, that brought that to us. She she worked on that up in South Bend and uh, brought the program to us. And, and we've really been uh, uh, walking uh, hand in hand and trying to get that thing set up and and moving forward. So uh, to the extent that we can build on and connect uh, with our other partners, that, that really governs the success that we have. Yeah. It seems like if, and, and, and I'm, I'm, this may be a dumb question, but if economic development is maybe funded by um, decisions the city has made to receive cash, you know, is there a need or a thought process um, or can it happen always through Visit Fort Worth? Where Visit Fort Worth, right, it's out of the city. They found a economic model to sustain their initiative, if not grow their initiatives and grow their budgets. Is there any thoughts or need to do that from an economic development team side to be able to create that same kind of sustainable high growth funding for you guys? Sure. Sure. And, and that's, uh, that's something that we've, uh, we've talked about and actually have, uh, uh, are in the process of putting, putting that, uh, in motion. Um, so, you know, 
a lot of the communities will will utilize an, an economic development corporation, particularly in Texas, uh, 4A, 4B communities. So those are communities that um, are are below a certain size. Uh, and I'll, you know, mm. you, you look at your Frisco's and Plano's and Allen's and et cetera. So, you know, they were many years ago, decades ago, they were they were complaining, hey, we can't compete against Fort Worth and Dallas. Uh, we need a tool to help us do that. And so the, the legislature allowed them to bank sales tax uh, for economic development purposes. And so, you know, over the years, uh, they have been able to amass, you know, these huge war chests of, of dollars. And, and that also supports their organization. So they're kind of outside of the traditional city. They've got a board that they report to, uh, but they're, they're funding projects and funding the organization uh, through that 4A, 4B sales tax. Uh, so with us, you know, we've been over the years, uh, since legally we can't create a 4A, 4B corporation, uh, what we have been doing is, uh, you know, trying to develop funding streams. So uh, the local development corporation, which is really just a arm of uh, the city council, separate arm of the city council, uh, we had some property that we sold. Uh, and so we utilized some portion of those proceeds. Actually, we had a couple of properties. Uh, so we utilized the proceeds from those sales put that aside for an economic development fund. It's it's small. It's it's not in any way competing with uh, the Planos and Allens of the world, but it but it got us started. Uh, then we uh, and worked through the budget process. Uh, David David Cook, our city manager, said, yeah, we want to continue to kind of fund economic development. So we've had a $2 million allocation uh, in last year's budget just for the, the economic development fund. Uh, and then we should have another $2 million allocation in this upcoming budget year. And then the concept that we've really been working on with, with council uh, is we've got TIFs that are getting ready to expire. Uh, and so... Um, the, the idea for these TIFs as they've expired, you know, this is revenue that has up till now been diverted into a tax increment financing fund. So it's not in the city's general fund. Uh, so when the TIFs expire, all that revenue, that new revenue that's been generated by these TIFs flows back to the city. Uh, and the thought was that, you know, we would use that, utilize that for tax rate reduction. Uh, and so we're still gonna do some tax rate reduction with that, but, but we were able to talk to the council and say, Look, instead of doing all of that new revenue for tax rate reduction, let's let's carve out a small portion of that, and that can serve as our economic development fund, and that could be a sustainable uh, way that that we can fund ourselves without impacting the general fund at all. So this this is not taking existing dollars away from the general fund. Again, new money, so it would have no impact on existing services. And and what's really good about that is. Um, that does allow us to kind of build up a, a larger war chest. And uh, in, in many cases, it allows us to do cash grants for projects. So instead of doing a, you know, a 10-year tax abatement or a 15-year Chapter 380 grant, you know, we can say, okay, we want to give, we want to provide for this company to have X amount of dollars. But instead of doing this long 10 or 15 year program, we're going to pay that out upfront. And maybe we pay it over a three year period, right? So maybe you get a, a tranche when uh, construction is completed, maybe you get a tranche when you hit some employee milestones and, and, you know, you can kind of layer that in. So that gives us some flexibility uh, on just the um, uh, kind of the large scale uh, recruitment side, but it also helps us on the office recruitment, which is, you know, offices is still a little bit in play right now, but, uh, 
you know, if you have an office user that wants to come into existing property in Fort Worth, you know, they're going to bring some personnel, they're going to bring the talent, they're going to bring some equipment, but it's not that they're not building a new building, you know, mm-hmm. so they're not really take, not really creating a lot of new increment that you can use for a, for an incentive. But with this, this fund that allows us to say, okay, you know, IT company, finance company, you want to come take 75,000 square feet of vacant space in downtown. Great. You're going to bring your equipment. We're going to, we're going to use this fund to incentivize you. And that allows us to be a little bit more aggressive on those opportunities than we would be able to be uh, on the, um, um, on just trying to utilize a, a chapter 380 or a tax abatement. Um, and then the other piece of the fund, um, we want to use that to continue our revitalization efforts. Uh, so again, particularly uh, when you have kind of some small scale redevelopment uh, in our revitalization areas, not generating a lot of huge new tax increment, we can fund those types of projects and then continue to work with our partners like uh, near Southside and DFWI. So one of the, one of the big components of this is, you know, near Southside operates the TIF for Southside mm-hmm. TIF that expires at the end of this year. Uh, and so we wanted to ensure that we had a way to continue to support near Southside because they're just doing some outstanding work over there. And and why would you, you know, why yeah. would you say, okay, the tip's <laughs> done, you guys go away. I mean, you, you, Mike, Brennan, and Megan and the team over there, they're just done outstanding work. So we want to try to continue to, to fund them to some extent to to help that development, uh, that redevelopment continue to happen. And then uh, downtown Fort Worth things has been doing a great job in, in downtown. And so we want to try to continue to uh, fund them uh, to, uh, you know, continue their work in, in enhancing and, and uh, beautifying downtown. So that's, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of different things tied into this fund. Uh, we'll probably have more ideas on how to use it than we'll have money to use, but uh, it, it gives us a good start. And so we're excited about that. Uh, you know, will we, will we ever become a true economic development corporation when we're spun off entirely from the city? You know, I don't know. I, I think it'll be somewhat dependent on, you know, how the how the first few years of the fund goes. And if uh, if council sees a benefit that this model is working, you know, maybe maybe a future council will consider that. Uh, that's a ton of great information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like still processing all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to move to a question I had prepared so that I can keep thinking through everything. Okay. okay. Uh, so one thing you talked about in the open was a lot of the uh, Fort Worth's target industries. Uh, yeah. Some of them are very narrow, aerospace and defense, mobility, logistics, energy, healthcare, life sciences, and then others are more broad, culture, anchors and innovators. Uh, what led to landing maybe on the more broad ones. Like I think we obviously like Lockheed Martin and everything that goes on with healthcare here. Like it makes sense that Fort Worth continued to develop those areas, mm-hmm. but the things like culture anchors and innovators, how does recruiting something like that? That's not as narrow go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, Whenever you're developing target industries, you you're really kind of faced with a, a interesting challenge. You know, how narrow do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, in some cases, it does make sense to really narrow down. And I think that's where you see like some of the mobility stuff in the aerospace, as you said. I mean, there are specific areas within those targets that I think we want to spend our time on. Uh, something like culture and and anchors and innovators. Um, you know, I think you go broad because you're really not sure 
you know, what, what is going to be the innovative thing, mm-hmm. you know, next year? I mean, I, I don't know that we would have been sitting here five years ago saying electric vehicles were going to be this huge thing that they are now, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, but so you don't know what the next new technology is going to be. Right. So if, if you really start to define that and, and limit yourself on that, you may not be able to capture the next great opportunity that mm-hmm. comes up that you may not be on the radar screen right now. So that that's really kind of the thinking about why why some of those are very narrowly tailored. And then some of those are a little bit more broad sense um, uh, as to what we're trying to go on. So just to give us some flexibility and uh, different opportunities that may come up that we think there's a value. But I think in, in general, uh, we recognize that that Forth has a lot to offer, and particularly from our from our general culture and and what we provide as a city. I mean, it, it's it's kind of unique. We're still we're still kind of playing on the, the the old west feel and and everything that's happening in the stockyards, and that's been outstanding. Uh, so that's still kind of our backbone. Uh, but how do we kind of expand that? And, and we talked about, you know, Visit Fort Worth's campaign with the Modern West and how that kind of reframes and refocuses what that means. Um, so we just want to continue to, to kind of play in that space a little bit and, and make sure that we're staying true to our roots while uh, while trying to be as, as uh, open and creative as we can be on, on the next big thing that may come down the pipeline that says, yeah, that that could be a great fit in Fort Worth. Let's, let's go after that. I guess kind of follow up to that, like when we're if we're talking about innovators and anchors um, like this past week, Fort based agency that landed like Nike's whole uh, marketing contract. Right. When, when there's an, an announcement like that or something like that happens, what is the reaction of economic development or like what's the. Uh, action that's taken after that, if any, to try and continue to like piggyback and capitalize off of so the notoriety that comes with that. Sure, sure. Well, it, it's really, you know, you begin to, when you want to publicize that, obviously, so you want to make sure that this is not just a story that we're telling to people in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, other people outside the city need to know it. But then it's, you know, you begin to look at, well, what are the other you know, what are the other industries or what are the other companies in this industry? Maybe they're suppliers that could be a part of this initiative. So if you've got this contract, you know, people are going to have to supply that. So is, is that materials? Is it, is it you know, other, other type of soft skill businesses that you need to bring in? So it, it's really, how do we, you know, how do, how do we take this, this initiative that's landed here uh, and then try to leverage that for additional growth and opportunities and jobs. And, and so, yeah, that's that's part of the thinking when you have those types of announcements. And that happens a lot. I mean, it, it's funny. People will will call and they'll say, well, you know, give us a list of, you know, all the projects that have come to Fort Worth. And, you know, I could, I could give you a list and I'd say probably, you know, a quarter of those we actually worked on from a kind of traditional economic development mm-hmm. standpoint, whether we incentivized it or we got to help uh, in the development permitting process. But you have a lot of companies that are just coming here. Just, they, they understand the opportunity. They're not looking for incentives. They, they think we have the workforce. They've got the right site uh, and they just come here. And so, uh, you know, th- those are always the, the best kind of companies to have. I, I told a uh, group uh, I was doing a presentation, I think, earlier this year, and I said, my, my goal is to put myself out of business, that we create a community that is so enticing and so uh, creative and has the right talent and workforce that they're not coming to us for incentives at all, because the, the community itself is the draw. Uh, will we ever get to that point? I don't know if that'll happen, but uh, but that should be the goal. I mean, you, you want it, you want to have the building blocks that makes 
the community attractive, uh, regardless of whether there's incentives involved in the process. Maybe when that happens, you can join us as a co-host on a <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'm we up for pay that. pretty well. For that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have a lot of time on your hands. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so you just mentioned uh, there's you, you said a lot there, and I had and I wrote questions on. But the first, the first one you talked about getting the talent to support the company who's bringing here, uh, who's coming yep. here. Do we have the talent base? And right, a lot of that's education, a lot of that's training. And, uh, you know, recently there is, there is kind of conversations, right, with the whole semiconductors things going on in the, ch- uh, the chip bill. Right. Taiwan Semiconductor not being, you know, the CEO kind of came out and was like, honestly, this Arizona thing's been kind of a, a debacle in a way. Like, we're not, right. it's costing more money and we're not finding the talent. Yeah. Um, how, does, how do we be more proactive on making sure the talent is there for, for that moment? Yeah, it's uh, you know the talent question is 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 really a challenge, and if I, I will, if I would say that there was, you know, one thing that was really impacting us, I, I hate to put it that way, I, you know, I would, but but it is a factor, right? And uh, it's it's really the first question that a lot of these companies ask us. So kind of after, you know, you kind of go through one or two down selects, and you've got a site that works. You know, the first question in the door is not how much how much incentives are you going to give me. It's like tell tell me about the workforce. Where where am I getting people from? What kind of skill sets do you have? Here's the type of jobs that we're trying to do. How many people do you have in the metroplex that are doing this this type of work? Um, and so it, it it's a struggle in in some cases. Um, you know, I, I think uh, entities like uh, you know Tarrant County College has been really really focused on doing some things on on the workforce side uh, that I think are helpful, but you know, you, you've really got to get into, and I know the mayor's talked about this a lot. I mean, you, you got to get the K through 12, you, you got to start early and you got to have this pipeline all the way through college. I mean, it just, it it's, it's just not, it's not rocket science. I mean, that's what you have to do, I mean, you, you can't, you're not going to start growing talent by just focusing on the college graduates you have. You have to go back further and really create this pipeline uh, of talent that you're growing here. Uh, and then I think you have to be be attractive to, uh, you know, to to high skilled workers uh, who may, especially now with some interesting opportunities to to work remote. Uh, you know, how do how do we attract some of those workers that may love the community and love the amenities that Fort Worth has, but don't, you know, don't necessarily uh, have to work here. They have opportunities to work remote. And so it's kind of a two pronged effort of uh, making sure that the community is attractive, as we talked about earlier, to uh, bring people here. Uh, and I, I think you're seeing that by just, you know, some of the general population growth that we're having, uh, but then also ensuring that that we are doing what we can to partner with uh, the ISDs and Tarrant County College, universities, uh, and, and create that workforce. And so that's, that's why I think initiatives like Texas A&M's uh, expansion into downtown. I mean, having having a tier one university uh, with a huge presence in downtown with a focus on innovation, I mean, that's that's going to be huge, big. Huge, it's going to yeah. be huge for us. So uh, I, I think as we just continue to, to focus on those initiatives, um, you know, the talent piece w- will come. And then the good thing about the, the Fort Worth Dallas Metroplex is that, you know, companies that are locating here, you're drawing from talent from the entire metroplex. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's it's a 45 minute drive, depending on where you're at and from Fort Worth to Dallas, you know? And and so if you are, and, and this is also what's a little bit frustrating uh, is that uh, you can locate in, in Las Colinas and still 
attract people from Fort Worth that'll make that drive for a high paying job. And so, you know, companies are, are fairly agnostic, to be honest with you. You know, we, we here in the Metroplex, we we beat our chests about eh, Fort Worth, Dallas, Arlington, Irving. Companies are agnostic. They're like, okay, I, I'm going to be, <laughs> they, they refer to it as the Dallas region. I'm going to be in the Dallas region. Uh, I'm going to locate next to, uh, I'm going to be in an area where I know there are workers doing the type of work that we're doing. Uh, and and if I need to draw from a larger base, I've got this entire uh, metroplex of 8 million people that I can that I can pull from. Uh, so that's why the, the the corporate headquarters piece is a little bit challenging because they're they're tending to cluster. Um, you know, corporate headquarters are you know kind of like fast food restaurants in mm-hmm. some ways. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, you you got a McDonald's, you got a Burger King, you got a Waterbury. You know, they all cluster around each other. Uh, finance, banking, IT, <laughs> you know, they they cluster. That's that's what they do, uh, and it's it's really driven by the workers that they know they can they can attract. Do you? I mean, I'm just. Do you ever get the comment or thought process of when they look at the map, you know, a lot of our development and opportunity to expand companies or relocate companies are in the west side of Fort Worth and from the cluster of the Metroplex. That's like the furthest part away from Plano, Frisco, the airport. Do do people kind of say, hey, that's a great spot, but now we're pushing it where because, you know, in Fort Worth, we have that big east side gap of desert and then the rest of the Metroplex kind of. Right, right. Well, you know, if you're companies that are that are, you know, looking at the far west, I mean, they're they're mm. almost pulling from a different labor shed, you mm. know. So it now you're pulling from uh West Fort Worth out to Weatherford, uh you're going down south to Burleson Crowley. Uh, so it, it's almost kind of a mm. different draw of folks that you are uh looking at uh as opposed to, you know, downtown Fort Worth going east, which is, a, you know, a different kind of labor labor shed that you're pulling. But yeah, it's it's, it's a different mix of, of, of talent. And so, you know, while we've got all this this available land in the West, um, you know, one of the one of the high points of that, we talk about the talent, you look at what's going on at Alito, for example, in the school mm-hmm. district out there. I mean, so you yeah. got these high performing school districts out to the West uh, that begins to draw some of this this company interest. It says, okay, I can I can see some of the things that this ISD is doing. Um, if that can lead to a, a talent base, you obviously have to get them through college, but if that gets through a talent base that would be uh, open to, to staying here and, and being a part of this this opportunity, then that, that can be good for us. And they're thinking again, you know, five, 10 years, 12 years out. So uh, I think that's what, what they're looking at when they're kind of looking at these far west opportunities. Um, we've taught, you've mentioned the open space conservation program, uh, that recently got announced. Can you tell us more about what that is and how it came to be? Well, I mean, so the open space program, there, there's really two pieces though. So the open space conservation program is really something that was worked on by a number of city departments. And, and it really was an opportunity to, to try to preserve, preserve open space. It's the name, uh, but but how we have been uh, proposing to use it. And I, I say proposing because we have not kind of formally taken this to the city council yet for approval. But uh, what we've talked about is, as we're talking to some of these companies, as as part of their incentive, uh, they can utilize some of those funds to preserve open space in some other area of uh, of the community. Uh, and that you know, I would say Rivian was really the first company that we talked to talked to about that and it, it got some traction from them. They were they were really kind of intrigued by what that could look like. And again, 
they they are very uh, very focused on having kind of a, a, a green carbon neutral footprint as much mm-hmm. as they can, and so that that really appealed to them. So, I think as you continue to look at opportunities uh, in in that space, uh, I think we'll have some more companies that might want to take advantage of that. But yeah, as, as of right now, it's not even it's not even officially policy. We just <laughs> uh, kind of been putting it out there, but we we plan to bring it forward uh, when we uh, update our chapter three eighty policy, which we hopefully we'll do later on this year. Uh, that'll be part of the discussion. Is kind of uh, codifying that as, as part of our 380 program. Something we also kind of put out there in the national news was mining Bitcoin. And I know yeah. that successfully did a great job of, you know, from clicks and compressions. Sure. And it seemed like there was a, um, a, a de-throttle of, oh, that was kind of a gimmick or that was a play. And it seems like 50% of the people are like, it's a gimmick. Hey, everyone calm down. But then there's like another 50% of leadership like, nah, we need to double down on this and like become this. <laughs> so like, what, right. what, what, is, what is that looking like? And like, what can you share there? Yeah, so the, the Bitcoin thing was interesting. Um, you know, I, I would say it was, initially the thought was, look, this is a really good way for us to for the city to show that we are we are thinking innovatively that we welcome innovative companies and and new technologies and things like that so it it was a little bit of a a pr marketing play uh but you know as we got into it and as word started getting out that we were doing it uh there, there was a lot of a lot of phone calls i mean we just we started having people in that space that were were calling us like oh tell us more about the program and what are you guys doing and what does it mean and so i, I think it did open our eyes a little bit as to well okay is this you know maybe maybe there is something here that we can look at now what was you know a challenge about that is not too long after we made the announcement the bitcoin market went in the tank <laughs> uh and so now you've had all this kind of uh, stress about where where Bitcoin is going uh, and what the overall value is going to be. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we ever saw ourselves, you know, like Miami. I mean, they they really were doubled down on, on Bitcoin and going hard after it. I, I don't know that we ever uh, really considered forward going in that direction where we would get to the point where we we're developing our own coin and everything. But, um, you know, are there, are there Bitcoin... Operator, like, like, what is that? What is what is the the breadth of that industry look like? You know, so it's not just the mining piece of it. I mean, yeah. you know, mining you can do anywhere, as, as we've shown. Uh, but, but are there are there kind of offshoots of this industry that that could maybe be a play for Fort Worth? And and you know, I know there's some kind of some smaller companies that that are you know Bitcoin headquarters. You know, so I think that's really where we're trying to go with it. Um, you know, I, I I don't know, and I'll I'll be the first to say I was a, a Bitcoin noob. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and so, you know, I had to do a lot of reading up just to understand it. But if you talk to, you know, folks like the Texas Blockchain Council, I mean, they they talk about how this could be a, a good initiative. You talk to folks like Les Crease, who's, who's really uh, kind of big into, into Bitcoin and promoting that. So I, I think there, there's players out there that can help us understand what the market is and, and what the opportunity is. So, it, I, you know, it wasn't, I would say it was, a, it was a flash in the pan or a full-on gimmick. It really was, you know, we jumped out there with this idea of showing that we're innovative. And then it was like, oh, well, wait a minute, there's, there's, there's a little bit more meat on this bone. Uh, and so let's kind of do some, 
exploring on that and see what it looks like. And that's that's really where we're at. We're still kind of in that exploring stage of seeing what the opportunity is. And if there's something that makes sense, you know, we'll, we'll pursue that. And if it's still uh, still a little bit untested and needs a little bit more time to mature and, and let the, the industry settle down a little bit from all the press mm-hmm. they've been having lately, then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of pivot and, and let that maturation occur. Uh, kind of nailing down further into the small business side, which Fort Worth has always really prided itself on having a robust small business community. Um, obviously, we had like the grant programs that you talked about. Now we've launched CDFI. Um, what are some of the potential things on the horizon for continuing that support of small business, like, like you mentioned? Yeah. So well, two things. So there's there's been two committees, well, a committee and a task force. I'll be clear about it. Uh, so one, uh, uh, Mayor Parker uh, appointed Leonard Firestone uh, to to chair a committee. So it's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Committee. Uh, and and so Councilman Firestone said, well, you know, I don't I don't want to just have four council members sitting around a table talking to each other about small business and innovation. So let's let's open this up. And I think we've got. 18 or so people on that committee. And it was really just an opportunity for uh, people in the space to, to give us, you know, kind of on the ground, what's happening? What are some of the trends you all are seeing? What are some of the challenges? And to really help us kind of think through what we should, should be doing, particularly to uh, uh, enhance uh, innovation and uh, opportunities. Uh, so we've had a lot of talk about, uh, you know, we've talked about some app development with, you know, kind of expanding the Sparkyard initiative and, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? Um, you know, we're creating, we've talked about creating kind of this North Star, like what is what is Fort Worth's vision for entrepreneurship and innovation? Uh, so it really, it's, you know, we've had, I think, three meetings so far. So it's still a lot of visioning and, and thinking through what that could mean. But uh, I, I think just having those voices around the table and being able to to talk about entrepreneurship and innovation will be key. Uh, next few months, we're going to have Trey Bowles come in to talk about the Tech Stars Initiative. Uh, Cameron's going to come talk about uh, GEW. We brought a couple of folks in to uh, talk about what other communities are doing. So we're going to just continue to explore that, uh, and then I think there'll be some initiatives that that come out of that uh, that we can we can try to push forward uh, as as part of that those land sales that I mentioned earlier that we set aside for the ED fund we did uh, take a million dollars and set that aside for entrepreneurship initiatives and so we've got we've got a a, a funding stream to uh, help us uh, develop programs and resources that that may come out of the entrepreneurship committee so we're very excited about that. The other piece of it is a a small business task force that uh, Councilmember Michael Crane uh, established. And he had a little bit more of a different objective. So where, where Councilmember Firestone is really thinking kind of this big picture innovation piece, uh, Councilmember Crane was really interested in understanding what are the pain points for our mom and pop brick and mortar stores, right? And and he was kind of constantly hearing, yeah, we're just having problems with permitting. We just don't, we can't get to the permitting process in, in a timely way. And and for small businesses, it's, it's a big challenge because, you know, this is... Yeah, it's a single person, maybe two folks, three folks that are trying to get this small business off the ground. You know, they, they don't have time to come down to City Hall and wait all day to, to find out where their permit is. They don't they don't have the resources to hire a firm to do that and use a third party system. So they're kind of just stuck uh, trying to navigate it themselves. And um 
you know, I, I think there's some ways that we could streamline the process for small businesses specifically. So, you know, maybe if it's 25 employees or under or 50 employees or under, maybe there's a super streamlined way that they could get through development and and let that process happen very quickly. So that's that's where Councilmember Crane's focus has been is okay, let's let's kind of deal with this specific obstacle of um, dealing with with permitting specifically tied to small businesses. And then the other part of the equation that we've asked that task force to look at uh, is the business assistance center. So we we've got the uh, the the James Gwynn campus here. Um, this has been kind of the the one-stop shop for small businesses for over 20 years. But, you know, as I mentioned, when we started this, uh, we have changed in the past few years. And I don't know that a, I don't know that this model necessarily works uh, as, as it did before the pandemic. And so, you know, what does that look like? Do we, do we continue, like the city owns the building, so we're obviously going to continue operating and owning the building and supporting the tenants that are here. But, you know, what does programming look like? And is, mm-hmm. is more of that stuff, is it more online stuff, which a lot of the, the partners here, you know, they're still doing a lot of programming online. And so maybe, you know, we we switch to more online programming and then we find some creative uses for these, for these spaces. You know, maybe we can convert some to wet lab space or maybe we, you know, do some coding boot camps or something out of here. I mean, I, I think there's just some creative things that we can do with this center uh, that would continue to help our, our small businesses, but just not in the traditional kind of workshops and things like that that we've done. Um, so, and so that's that's really where the focus has been on, on on the task force is helping us kind of visualize and think through what could happen here at, at the uh, Gwynn campus, uh, and then to help on the on the permitting side of the house. Yeah, as somebody who has opened a brick and mortar business here. Yes, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely <laughs> like it. Yeah, you definitely. I was on. I'm on the small business task force. I think you should definitely talk to the researchers that are. They're asking yeah, for people yeah, to yeah. do their right. research. They have researchers there, and they want to talk. And I was like, they got to talk to Jimmy. I don't know why I'm here. They got to talk to Jimmy. So, um, I'll definitely connect you. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be a good connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess uh, so. Last kind of question. I see we're at 50 minutes. We usually like to be under 60. So, um, I guess kind of. Is there anything you would like to say or anything that we did not touch? I mean, I have like four things I could hit, but I, you know, and take it a different <laughs> angle, but I, we, I know we kind of throw yeah. a lot at you. So is there anything you got? No, no, that's, you know, I would say, um, you know, I think the, the past few years have been pretty interesting and, uh, you know, and, and talking to you guys, you know, we understand here at the city and then the, the chamber understands it. And like every time I, I, I click, you know, click on a newsletter or I, I open the business journal and I see some corporate announcement of some company coming anywhere other than Fort Worth, it drives me crazy. Um, it, 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 it really does. I mean, it, it, is, it is really like a punch in the gut. It's like, okay, well, what, why weren't we in the mix on this? And, and what, what are the things we need to do? So, you know, we, we get it. I, I I hear it. I understand the the desire to to really kind of be in the mix on these corporate headquarters and and obviously with the with the jobs and the investment, uh, definitely understand that. So it's it's you know I've kind of talked about all these other things as far as revitalization of small business, but I, I'm kind of circling back to the fact that yeah we we are still kind of heavily focused on this uh, this corporate recruitment side because it is it is important to us uh, to try to attract 
attract those businesses, but it has to be done, you know, in the right way. I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to give away the farm just to get someone here. It has to be balanced. Um, but I think Fort Worth has a lot of opportunities. And, and what's what's frustrating to me as, as an economic development guy and someone who who grew up in Fort Worth is I, I see all the opportunity, right? I, I see what a great community it is. And uh, you know, why that why that feeling or that story isn't is it translating into more success? I, I don't know that I have a real answer to that. Uh, I've, I've talked to a few site selectors and said, hey, just you know, tell me what, what do you guys think about? Fort Worth. What do, you, what do you talk about Fort Worth? And it's like, yeah, we got we got nothing negative to say about Fort Worth. Great, great community. We like it. Um, and when we get people here, uh, that's that's the comments we receive. Hey, great community. We love it. People were really great. Had a great time. Um, so, so I'm not sure what it is. It's just not translating into uh, we we want to bring our company here. Other than kind of that clustering thing that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. And you know, and, until we get you know, one or two companies to kind of make the decision. Uh, I, I still think we're going to struggle a little bit, but but I think once we get those one or two, I think you'll start to see some of that clustering happen, but you've got to get that that early adopter uh, that will either come here or you've got to find the the linear labs of the world who mm. started here and are willing to grow here. And so, you know, how do we continue to, to uplift what Brad's doing uh, and ensure as he's building out this, this facility, uh, that that translates into potential opportunities for us. So it's 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 a little bit of a mixture of both things, but it's uh, we 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 get it. I hear it. Trust me, I hear it. Well, <laughs> and, what's uh, cool? What's cool though? Yeah, what's cool though? It's like I feel like since you've been onto the pod, like you have more of a budget for marketing. There's it seems yeah, like a right, more right, of a, right. it seems like we're doing all the right things. And you know, I think what we care about on the pod is just you know supporting you all in the sense of it needs to be at a top priority, like tourism is and and how sure. we do those things and that's usually what we kind of advocate for and and uh, we're really fans of what you guys are doing and uh yeah thank you for definitely uh being on the pod yeah thank you guys i appreciate it. i appreciate all that you're doing um it, it, it's great that it's great just to have you know these different podcasts that have popped up about fort worth and I, i'll be honest with that i don't listen to all of them i like to kind of get away from work but yeah it's, it's just great to see that that people who are uh, invested in the city, who care about the city, they're knowledgeable about what's going on and just want to see the city be its best self. Uh, and, and I think having platforms like yours to talk about things that we're doing, talk about what other people are doing across the community, that's that's really helpful. Uh, and so we, we try to we try to uplift and amplify you guys as much as we can just to make sure people know that, hey, you know, again, Fort Worth is not tiny sleepyville we are a very active vibrant community and we got a lot going on here awesome perfect place to end and uh really appreciate you yeah thank you okay, Robert. Yes, thanks appreciate it good talking to you there was a ton of information there i i feel like just as he was talking i was like trying to consume and process at the same time uh but that was a treasure trove of uh, the behind the scenes of what economic development looks like here. Yeah, I, I, you can't, I don't know. I, I feel like you can't get a better conversation right now about what is Fort Worth doing uh, to position itself for the future. Um, it really seems like, you know, using a cowboy analogy, we're, analogy, we're grabbing Fort Worth's future by the horns. And it seems like we're trying to, to jump in and do all these great things because I feel like the last time we had this conversation, it was about right now. It was about mm, the pandemic. Yeah. How do we react? How do we react? How do we support our small businesses? 
And it just seems like now there's just this whole new plethora of opportunity happening. And uh, yeah, there was tons of things I wanted to ask that I didn't ask um, because I could just nerd out on this stuff. Um, genuinely, when we talk economic development on the pod, if you haven't known, it's always one of my favorite conversations. Was there anything that stuck out to you the most? Uh, you know, to me, the thing that I, I kind of like, there's, there's, there's two parts and I'm, and I may do part one and then get your take on part one. Part one is like, I'm curious, like, what does the site selector process look like? Like the RFP process in the sense of like, I want to know, like, is it like 1995 and old school or is it like pretty up to date? And, and is that something that like, you know, Michael Henning, his, his, who he said is kind of seems like who does all that. Is he like, oh, this process is just old school. And like, is that an issue? Like, is there a viable opportunity for some software startup? to you know to modernize the site collector process yeah the way he described it it sounds very excel pivot table-y you know yeah. v lookups and h lookups and- sounds like the aol sign comes on <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies and then but i i do think that's a good thought and like is there any gray area you know and then are we developing things to hit so that we'll show up in that pivot table, whether that's a good thing, like the right thing, or maybe not as good of a thing. Like, I don't know, there there can be, it's kind of teaching to the test, right? There's pros and cons to that if, you know, they've just got an Excel spreadsheet that they downloaded and they're filtering out results that hit everything that people want. I would just love to be like on the, ground floor of what does that dynamic look like because you you got to kind of put on a show and radiate an image and so what happens you know people get off a plane they stay tonight i'm assuming they're staying night downtown like are you making sure it's the cream cream de la cream the hotel knows they're there you know like what's yeah, the full yeah. um red carpet look you know and 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 i'd be interesting you know it just seems manila possibly Maybe uh, we should try and ask economic development to take us on exactly. the red carpet and uh, we can give uh, feedback for how to show yeah. off the city. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Like, let's just do a little case study, act as if, if me and Jimmy are new billionaires who just decide, are looking. <laughs> who are looking. We, 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 hit the, we hit the mega millions. We, yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. Won, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we didn't use DFW. We used Alliance Airport because we're that big time. <laughs> No, we used Meacham Airport. There you go. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, Meacham. What are PJ? We landed. Um, what is, you know, the field? You know, that's what would be interesting to know. Um, my second kind of part was he kind of talked about like this talent piece and, and he, he kind of stopped. He's like, I think it's the number one. Ah, let me not let me not make a too big deal about it. But I do think the talent piece is big and. He, he mentioned how Frisco and Plano, because they were smaller areas, they were able to use their sales tax to, to economic development, um, which really gave them the leg up. But it seems like the overall story here is we're a legacy city, meaning we have a lot of historic government. We have a lot of historic public school systems. And, you know, when I think of Frisco and when I think of Plano, there are things that had a fresh slate 
to grow mm. their talent and build brand new schools and then to grow um, businesses simultaneously at the same time. And so it seems like, you know, that's going to ultimately be our biggest challenge is that we're a legacy city. Um, and so even the reference that he gave was Alito, which is like, you know, kind of like the Plano where it's mm-hmm. like the school. And it, and it always seems like if someone, if you ask people, what do you think about Plano? And if you would have asked them that question 10 years ago, they probably would have said great schools. That's probably the yeah, first thing yeah. they say. Now there's tons of things, right? Japanese market's great. Oh, you got to go to Carrollton. There's just a lot of community and culture. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to like, we, I mentioned in the pod before about like a lot of these jobs, these technical jobs are being given by, are being managed, you know, immigrants, um, Asian American who are getting these high technical jobs. Um, and for us, you know, we, we don't, we didn't start out with that population or those universities to set that up for us. Yeah. So there's just like, you know, like not only do we have to get people to come to Fort Worth, it's like their kids' schools are probably in their family's eyes better in Plano. Mm. And so even if you get them, that full on switch is they're going to sacrifice the commute to stay in those schools. And I'm just, how can we build that pipeline being a legacy city? Um, Because I don't think we currently are, as well as we can. Yeah, and I think that's where economic development works as a great resource for for with ISD and the city council who are talking about trying to put together these programs for high school students to get them certifications in whatever they might need. So whether that's through Tarrant County College or just through some sort of skills program, um, yeah, I feel like economic development has that knowledge of what these companies are asking for talent base wise, and then obviously becomes a great resource for the people developing those programs to say, these are the things that we need to be focusing on and pushing people towards. Um, and then, you yeah. know, that works with UTA also, like we've yeah. got an affordable commuter school really yep. close to 15 minutes from downtown essentially yep. that we can do the same thing with. And it, and it seems like there's talent here. there because yeah. there seems like, you know, they have the innovation center there, but I even think like, I, I kind of did a tweet about this and I sent you mm-hmm. the, the story about the New York times research um, done by um, the, the big famous researcher out of Stanford about economic connectedness. And it showed that the number one indicator for increasing um, economic prosperity for someone in poverty is them having interconnected uh, relationships with people from different classes. Mm -hmm. So that means when rich and poor people collide and come together and build friendships. And they basically said the hotbed opportunity to do that is high school, which often goes to what we've always protest. I mean, always jammed about the importance of people go, you know, going to your schools or like going to your public schools. And, and even if that's not ever going to happen here in Fort Worth, I think the, the, the true opportunity for the, the, the legacy cities to get their economic viability back from their suburbs, is going to come from them be able to master economic connectedness, meaning, you know, 
the yous and eyes of the world, we get rich or we get successful and we don't want to live behind a gate. We don't want to live in a suburb and we don't want to have our kids all around people who are safe or, you know, safe, quote unquote, and, and, and put our kid in a bubble. And instead we want economic connectedness because we see it as an advantage for our kid as they mm-hmm. grow up. Whatever cities or metros do that from the legacy side, I think then can maybe start complementing their suburb sides that are currently taking, you know, taking a lot of their growth. For us, it's Alliance. For Dallas, it's Plano, mm-hmm. Frisco. For for Colorado, it's Boulder. For mm-hmm. for for San Francisco and Oakland, it was San Jose and Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. It happens everywhere. It's it literally happens everywhere. Where because it's easier to start new and say, hey, we're going to build these schools and we're going to do all this. And, um, and I just, all innovation at the end of the day does come back though, right? Uber needs taxis today. Yeah. You know, like Airbnbs are, you know, sell, are going to start selling hotels. You know, like it all comes back to saying, oh, we're the new this, but then they actually just create an easier way to navigate the bureaucracy of these legacy places. Mm-hmm. And I think, if Fort Worth could win on economic connectedness, so we lift up all people here, um, man, we're going to really show a case study for the rest of the country. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about a lot in our conversation is one of the like key sectors that they want to nail down in is energy. And, you know, over the pandemic with the American Rescue Plan Act and other stimulus acts that have happened, I feel like Fort Worth, and we've talked about this, has managed that money really well and is putting that and allocating that to projects really well. Now, Joe Manchin finally agreed to a massive climate bill that is going to put tons and tons of money into solar. How do you like, what do you think this next quarter, how high do you think Biden's approval rating goes? What do you think it is? You think it goes up any? I mean, come I mean, on now. Climate should. bill, chips, um, um, the Inflation Act stuff. He also, gas. the gas is low. Yeah. The the ter- the ter- the he just um, yeah. got, the second man to Bin Laden. I mean, he- Yeah. I mean, so that's the, but that's the thing is like, he's been doing a lot of really big stuff the whole time. Yeah. And like. Yeah, 100%. Just has, you know, just hasn't been messaged well. I, I agree with you. And, I mean, I think what just happened in Kansas with the abortion election is a big indicator of maybe people's opinions right now. Um, But the big one of the big pieces for this new energy act is solar. Like there is going to be tons and tons of money and incentives put into solar. So I had. I'm sure that they are looking at that already, but Fort Worth has always had oil and gas as a bell cow. Like how do we be ahead of the game on solar as we're starting to see a ton of money get poured into that federally? We've got we've got the sun for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely we do. My so, grass will tell you we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's something I was thinking about a lot is, like, that's going to be a massive opportunity for the cities and communities that are able to get those companies to 
come there. Yeah. Like, we've got space. We've got the sun. Yeah. We could easily, it seems, and, and use that's, solar yeah. as another and that, belt And that now. is the positive that we have is that, like, Frisco and Plano are already at capacity. Yeah. I mean, so now it's just going to further places, right, north. Right. Um, we, on the other hand, have it right here. Uh, and then you get that urban touch that your prof- that your professional workforce maybe aspires to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, going to the the Biden wrench I threw in there, I, I think we're going to get double digits. You think you don't think we can go from what is he thirty? What is he a 39 percent? We don't think he get to forty nine percent like Democrats because that means a lot of Democrats are anti him right now. Yeah, yeah. So if you just get them to say, "Hey, we're good." Um, Maybe it can happen. It's going to go up. <laughs> yeah. What I about- don't know. I don't pay attention to, like, in general. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, approval ratings, whatever. Yeah. So so you said Kansas. What about that with, um, does that make you feel any aspirational about Beto pulling this off? No. I just saw your face. I they mean, can't see your face. They can't see your face. I'm not going to get my hopes up. <laughs> you know? Like, you saw my yard. I don't know, man. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting too excited. <laughs> it, like it's on. Okay. There, there is a lot that has come out of Kansas that I think um, potentially shows that the super anti-abortion stance of people currently in office on the right was maybe a misstep. Um You know, since the Dobbs decision came out, like 70% of new registered voters in Kansas were women. It was like 20% of people showed up only to vote on abortion. Like, Mm. they didn't even vote in the primary elections. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I'm like, you're there. It's going to take two seconds for you to (laughs) fill out the other things. But, like, that's to me, says that this is a topic that people are really passionate about and not at the percentages that would favor the the right. So will the same happen in Texas? I don't know. That I'm sure that nobody's going to try and pull a state amendment in yeah. November after seeing what that just did to Kansas. Yeah. Um is Kansas going <laughs> to flip blue in November? No. no. Uh but I mean it makes me optimistic nationally, but I'm going to hold my breath on Texas. Yeah. Well, um, I know we have more pods to discuss all this yeah. as we will be able to talk more as it comes to November and things like that. But again, thank you, Robert Stearns, for coming on. We always enjoy when you share updates um, and uh, big fans of what you guys are doing. And uh, for everyone who's listening, if you made it all the way to the end, that means you're like a super awesome person who believe in us. If you haven't, you know, given a review, a five star, even Spotify does it now. I don't know if you saw, we got like 4.6 stars on Spotify. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that's good? That, like, was, that was after we filtered out everybody that, uh, <laughs> you know, hates us. I, yeah, I don't know how it works. But if you could, you know, just give us a, you know, a glowing review. Because as Robert said, there's a ton of podcasts, you know, sharing why you like this one. You know, that's all I got. Yeah, thanks again, Robert. Fort Worth is lucky to have you and your team. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you again next week. Dopamine, dopamine, swipe. Follow us like double tap. Now they control your life, control your life. Dopamine, dopamine, swipe. Follow us like double tap. Now they control your life, control your life. Dopamine, dopamine, swipe. Follow us like double tap. Now they control your life
control your life, control your life.